Hit the lights. You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Today's podcast is super special. I have a carpenter that I met up on the hill and we got in a conversation and I thought that her story was amazing enough to bring on the podcast and talk about it. So Isabel. Well, hello there. Hello there. Um, That's quite the intro. I don't know if I would say it's fascinating, but it was fascinating. Otherwise, it, it was fascinating enough for us to stop and talk yeah. at the entrance of this construction site for, I'd say, a good solid hour. Yeah, fair and, enough. And then I got back to the my office and sat and I went, now I, I have to have you. I have to beg you to come on this podcast because I thought that what you had to say was so interesting. Um, it, first off, you don't see too many women carpenters. I think we just hit 3% last time I heard. <laughs> That's a big number. Not. Why? Oh, um, I think there's, there's probably a lot of reasons. Um, and yeah, oh, let's start with the big one. Like, um, you know, when I was, when I went through a pre-apprenticeship program called Oregon Trades Women. All right. Which was awesome. They took people through, you know, you had to do like physical education to explaining what tools were. And they took you around to a bunch of different uh, trade unions and non-union shops and exposed people to the tools. Yeah. And what it was like and the wages and what the work was like and all this stuff. And it was focused on getting more women into the trades. And, And how old were you when you did this? I was... 26, 27. So it's not a high school program. This is no, it's not a high school after program. After a few life, few life altering yeah. events. Yeah, and it was an <laughs> age range. There were people there from you know, there was a few younger people in their mm-hmm. like late teens. Um, there were a lot of people like in their mid twenties who had gone to college and maybe started a career and realized it was awful and were getting into the trades to pay off their student loan. And then there were a lot of women who were coming in for a second start. So there were several women who were coming in from, um, they had been incarcerated and were trying Mm -hmm. to get their life back on track and they had been addicted to drugs and gotten clean and were trying to find a career that allowed them to make a living wage and allowed them to take care of their children and gave them health care that wasn't going to immediately turn them away because they came from you know because they had been to prison because they had yeah you know because they had addiction so you know it was it was you know very powerful and sometimes heartbreaking to hear somebody say like you know i went to prison i got clean and all I want to do is find a job that will let me take care of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Like she's living mm-hmm. with my mom or whatever. All I want to do is find a position that'll give me you know, a living wage. So that's Okay, so that's let's where I I'm gonna bookmark that for a second. Yeah. Right? Go ahead. So so you've got you've got 
folks that you met in this program, mm-hmm. and I've I've hit on this before. You screw up and go to prison, you're forever marked as right. a whatever, what whatever they brand you as. Mm-hmm. It takes forever to work out of that. You're not going to go work. You're not going to go to the bank. You know, there there's places that, that are not going to hire folks right. right off the bat. But in in the trades, that's not necessarily the case. Right. So it it allows you to to do exactly what what going to prison is supposed to do rehabilitate you so that you can come back and be a productive member of society not be branded for the rest of your life that you somehow made this mistake at 18 that you should pay for until you're 98 correct exactly and Um, it's you know and like obviously there's some places that you're not going to be able to work right right. obviously obviously but like if we want people to if we believe that people can be better if we believe that people can be part of the community like I think it's such a beautiful thing that the trades let people do that. I do too. And it's rough. Right. You know. Oh, but you, like, oh you mean to say being a carpenter isn't easy? I mean. <laughs> Wax eloquent. <laughs> How yeah, hard is it? Sometimes <laughs> it is. Sometimes it's not. Um, um, no, I mean, I think it's a great job. Um, anyway, oh, we were talking about why there weren't many women in the trades. Let's um, go back to that because so, yeah. I, I pulled you off to the side. So, but I wanted to, I wanted to make that point. Yeah. So you were going through this program, mm-hmm. and they introduced you to that. But that's not what you 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 went to college. Yeah, I what? I, I did. How'd that work out? I come from smart parents, <sighs> and I did the thing that was supposed to be the smart thing, which is go okay. to college. And I did it for a year, and it was terrible for me. So you um, didn't like college? No, it was. I am not good at school. I okay. love to learn. I love classes. I love all this stuff. Like, I constantly listening to books and, you know, talking to people and trying to learn as much as I can about mm-hmm. whatever random rabbit hole you go down. But school wasn't for me. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't sit still that long. Yeah. I couldn't concentrate for that long. I'm extremely dyslexic, so it didn't. You know, you'd get these textbooks, and you're like, I want that knowledge, but there is no way I'm reading 30 pages of that. Wow. So is that that hard? Dyslexia, is that hard to to deal with? I don't have it, so I don't know. Mm. I I know people who have it, but I've never experienced it myself. Yeah, it's... No. It's hard in school. It's hard if you're doing the, you know, the basic route, but in... You learn to cope. It's just that the coping mechanisms don't necessarily translate to the education. So because I was listening to books constantly mm-hmm. and going to the library as a kid and grabbing stacks of audiobooks and bringing them <laughs> home, like, I, I have a good understanding of sentence structure and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and I know how sentences are supposed to flow, and um, I, can, I can make it work that way in terms of reading, but there's things I can't read. I can't read poetry. I can't read menus and stuff. I can't, I can't read poetry Right, either. well, because cause they don't follow the <laughs> rules, because yeah. my brain knows what's supposed to come next. Right. And then you get something, and they throw that, they throw that supposed to out the window. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this is. This is, this is gibberish. <laughs> um, so I, anyway, so after so college, college was not great. And said, I'm not going to do this. Then Yeah. What? Um, I went to a community college and decided that I wanted to get into firefighting. Okay. Um, so I got my EMT basics license mm-hmm. and I worked for an ambulance company for a year 
and it was interfacility transport. I I did a little bit of like ambulance ambulance work, but mostly it was um, transporting people, and it was awful. I was working <laughs> twelve hour night shifts. I was working alone. I was getting like twenty cents over minimum wage. Really? Yes. All so you go through all that training. In your life, your life, you mean EMT basic? I got it done in like six months. I did an accelerated one. Um, Yeah, but that wasn't the end goal, so I I put up with it. Okay. Um, And then I was in school. I went back to school to do the paramedics license, and then eventually get do the firefighting because you know in the city area most most firefighters are paramedics Mm -hmm. um, because you're just running medical calls all the time. Um, And when I started school, my mom passed away really suddenly. Oh. Um, yeah, it was, and I just, <laughs> yeah. So my, my dad took it really tough, and I was really stressed, and I ended up flunking out that of, semester. Of the EMT. Yeah, of the I just, Going to firefighters. Yeah, and, I did it ugh. for a while, and I, I flunked out, and, you know, I got a retail job to make ends meet, and... Eventually, I think my roommate got tired of listening to me complain about working in retail and working with customers. And I will say one of the beautiful things about working construction is that if somebody swears at you, you can swear right back. Right. You know, Um, can't do that in retail. No. Yeah. They frown on that. Right. So my Or you can do it once. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Showing you the door. Yeah. No. So my friend was like, you know, it. Check out, check out Oregon Trades Women. Mm-hmm. And I went and it, it clicked. It was awesome. And for them, what they said was, look, people get into the trades. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, it's the FBI, fathers, brothers, and in-laws. Oh, really? I've never heard that. Yeah. That is, if I, that's all right in that. Day. Yeah, FBI. fathers, brothers, fathers, in-laws. Brothers and in-laws. <laughs> so, that's true. It's true in our industry. I get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of it is they just, you don't necessarily um, either think about your daughter going that path mm-hmm. or want her to. And I've had discussions with a coworker who, you know, early on, he said it was really hard. He was like, he was like, he didn't want his daughter to work construction. You know, he worked his job so she wouldn't have to. And mm-hmm. you know, at mm-hmm. one point, because she's she's interested. I think she might do it eventually. But um, you know, one of our old bosses was like. Oh, you know, when she, you know, when she turns 18, when she's ready to get in the trades, like you should, you should have her come, come work with us. She can work with, you know, yeah. come to our company, work on a crew. And, and my foreman goes, he's like, Joe, I can't, she can't come work for us. And he's like, well, why not? He's why like, not? if my daughter worked on this job site, I would have to follow her around all day, beating people up. <laughs> Do you yeah. want to say the company you work for? Oh, you can plug it if you like. I, I just work. I would look for a bigger general contractor. Bigger general contractor. Yeah, which is a first for me. I've been mostly with like smaller. I've only oh, third company I've worked for. Um, so I've been like smaller or medium sized. So you um, so you went through the program. Yeah, went through the apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then that, that sort of turns on to the apprenticeship. Yeah. So I you, went to a bunch of places and I was looking. I was like, okay, I either want to do electrician mm-hmm. or I want Yay. to do carpentry. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Electrician would have been the smarter choice. Not not necessarily. If it's but it obviously this is working for you. 
Yeah, no, and there's it nothing is. stopping you from getting your electrical license if you decide to. Yeah, it's a it's a long program. Um, it, and it I, is a long program. You know, I did go carpentry because, in the end, as much as I thought electrician would be a better career, mm-hmm. um, I wanted the skills of a carpenter. Yeah. So. And there was and there was a reason for that. Yeah, and you you're welcome to say why. Yeah, no, I mean my my because my dad and my uncle, my mm-hmm. uncle is a general contractor, and he. And my dad like built the house I grew up on. There you go. And my mom was a brilliant woodworker. She yep. uh, she got did a mastery in woodworking program with a guy um, local here, Gary, who writes for like fine woodworking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she just made beautiful furniture, like hand dovetailed all this stuff and did all the built-in furniture, all this cabinetry, all these mm-hmm. beautiful pieces of furniture. And when I was looking, you know, at the different trades, I was like, I want to be able to do that. Right. Like, I want to build my own house. I want to build the furniture in it. I want to know how to do this stuff. And as it happens, <laughs> commercial construction is not involve a lot of Does dovetailing hardwoods. Yeah. I noticed uh, when I was on it? the construction site, I didn't see hardly any wood <laughs> i know well you know they say once wood always wood so we got all the steel stud and all this everything stuff. everything i was like well there's no wood here but okay nope no well especially in hospitals especially like, in hospitals it's yeah. like it's taboo there's no Mm-mm. no wood anywhere um yeah so i i went carpentry and it's it's been really good to me yeah um it's been rough it times and it was definitely an adjustment but so um, when you got into your first job which was a ma and pa type thing or yeah it was um i was mostly doing doors and millwork okay so um, that's wood yeah i think i Finally. lucked out i know i lucked out i got into the finished side of okay. oh commercial no, that's, construction. that's cool yeah. yeah so it is um kind of as close as woodworking as you can get mm-hmm. while still you know i'm a, I'm a union carpenter and that's where the money is for me is um commercial stuff as much as like i would love to go off to a little shop and do bespoke rocking chairs <laughs> and make this lovely stuff and then i'm just like that ain't paying the bills so <laughs> so doors and hardware it is but if you ever have a door you need installed i can you, knock that you got shit that out. <laughs> got, sorry can we swear on the yes. podcast okay you just did. Okay. Oh, I know, but I don't want to be like rude. No, here. I'm sure it's going to be an explicit podcast. Okay. I don't so, want to hurt your delicate sensibilities. Oh yes, especially mine. Mm-hmm. So you do the mon paw, you do the finished the finished carpentry work. Yeah. And it, you don't have any problems. You don't have to beat anybody up. What happens after that? Did did they did you just say I got to go do something that pays better or um, different skill sets or? No, they actually were good. They they actually paid me a dollar above scale. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Um, and you're a union at that time, so you were already, you were protected by the union. and Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was, hmm, I'm trying to think. I actually don't talk much about what it's like being a woman in construction. I, that, um, hence the reason you were here. I know. Well, and the reason I think is like, I it feels like people really they have an answer they want you to give. Like they haven't, yeah, I think they either, they either expect you to say it was really 
difficult Mm -hmm. and it was really misogynistic and patronizing and it was so hard and you overcame all this stuff. Or they want you to be like, you know, no, like you make it on your own. Like they treat you just like they would the boys. And if you can't hack it, it's, (laughs) you know, it's it's your own fault. And like neither of those things are necessarily true. So so it was just the same. It was they treated you the same as they would a guy on the job. I mean, I'm not saying the I'm not saying the the other employees. I mean, how was it different for you? So if I if I was a woman mm-hmm. listening to this podcast and I want to come into the trade, yeah, what are they going to expect? Are they going to get water balloons thrown at them? What? No, but I remember. <laughs> so my first, my very first job, mm-hmm. I got hired. I went to talk to the owner to get my tools and everything, and mm-hmm. I, I, um, and. You know, the, the owner's wife, or she she owned it as well. So it was, you know, mm-hmm. a couple who owned the business. And I was, you know, I was in, you know, work pants and a men's work shirt buttoned all the way up and all this stuff. And she walks me out the car. She's like, you know, I just want to tell you, like, this is a, this is a really good, we work with a lot of great guys and everybody's really lovely here and if everybody gives you any trouble like let me know and she's like you know but we have a lot of a lot of good married men working here and she stops and you're like and we want to keep it that way you've got to be kidding me oh my god yeah so that was my first first exposure at night welcome here don't steal any of the married yeah, men yeah she was like listen oh don't be a hussy god and I was like I that's duly hardcore. noted duly <laughs> um, you know and did you you didn't throat punch her right no, I don't okay. actually think I told anybody about that for a good six months. Like I just like that would that would, be, away, a, that would be hard to that would if I was in your shoes, I would I would swallow hard and go, oh, OK, what? Why would you think that? Yeah, you know, and it's um, I can't remember. I think it was. I want to say it was Marcus Aurelius or one of the <laughs> stoic dudes who said it. They're like, listen, yeah, life is either. Life, or, life is either absurd or it's a tragedy. And so I think I just, <laughs> I'd rather be on the absurd side. Um, you know, so it is funny. You know, at the time I was like, I don't know how to think about this. Yeah, I don't and now blame it's you. funny. And I think that's generally how a lot of stuff like that goes. Mm-hmm. Is like, for me at least, um, it's a little hard or very hard in the moment. And then after a little while you're like that was so stupid like no you're like that was fucked up this is so funny and you have to find the right person to tell it to because if you tell it to the wrong person I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry that's yeah. like awful yeah. and you're like no no like it's a it's a joke like um, the, the fact that you can brush that off mm-hmm. the way that you just did is is I think why I wanted to talk to you yeah because you're not offended by what she did but you were kind of flabbergasted yeah. And then you just picked up your tools and went to work. I was like, oh, that was different. <laughs> um, Awkward. Okay. Yeah. No, so the the first company, there ended up, I left. There was, after, after it was after a couple of years, but there was a, I would say a, a foreman. I didn't pick up on it for mm-hmm. a long time. Afterwards, my coworkers were like, oh, yeah, no, he's been hung up on you forever. Uh. Um, right. And... It got a little creepy towards the end oh. and probably time for me to exit that situation. So did he like, I don't know if you, I don't want you to get in trouble, but did he make a pass or something or? No, I, I'm 
pretty good with the wall. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can, like, keep people at arm's length and, like, shut stuff down yeah. really nicely. You just never give anybody the wiggle room. Like, they'll try, like, oh, have you, do you like this band? I love this band. I was like, oh, never heard of it. And they're like, oh, well, this and this. I was like, oh, that's so interesting. You've never heard I hope the Rolling you like Stones? That. You're like, no, nope, never heard of it. Yeah, they're great. They? I have, you know, I'm going to this concert later. And you're like, oh, I'm sure you'll have a great time. You know, and just like shutting it down. But, you know, there was, he was saying stuff to the other guys. And I think at one point he was like, like oh, man, no, I could, I could make that girl a hobosexual. Oh. And they're like, what do you mean? And they're like, you know, she's looking for like cheap rent. Like, I'm building this house. Like, I bet I could... I bet I could get her to like sleep with me in exchange for free rent. Um, wow. Right. Wow. So wow. I you, wasn't you, there. Wow. So my coworkers were like, no, I think he was serious. I like to be like, eh, who knows if yeah. he was serious? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, either way, mm-hmm. this other company is <laughs> looking to hire <laughs> Look me. Look at this. So let's make a graceful exit. Nice. Um, I will say the insulting thing about that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, my rent at the time was like $750 a month. Okay, if I was, if I was going to be a gold digger, I would like to think that I would cost a little more than $750 a month. Like, not yeah, not throwing any shade. I'm just like, if, if that was my end game, like, like come on. <laughs> come on, if I was a gold digger, let's, let's be real. Like, I wouldn't be going for construction workers. <sighs> I'm thinking of the Kanye West song now. Which one? The the gold. Oh yeah, mm, yeah. Mm, that's mm-hmm. the, uh, you made me laugh. I'd take my glasses off. <laughs> Shit. Oh, that was funny. Well, okay, so that didn't work. Um, you know, it worked for a long time. I mean, that didn't work. The the guy was unsuccessful and uh, oh, correct. Roping yes. you into no, working no. In, or, um, I uh, th- you know that was never an option yeah. um yeah no kidding yeah so that was a a uh i'll take i'll take the good things i learned and never see you again and that yeah. was excellent no, for I bet. Me, you so know? then you changed companies i changed companies did you go to another mom and pa or did you go to something bigger i know i went to a larger one mm-hmm. um and it was great it was more finish work um and uh i ended up I'm trying to think um I worked for them for a while um I ended up needing to get surgery and so I was out for a few months mm-hmm. um and then I had an old coworker working for this general and he's like hey I think you would be an awesome fit for the hospital oh cool okay um I think you would really like the healthcare side mm-hmm. And you know, I think you'd be a great fit. And so I came over in it, and it was it was it's a tough transition going to work in the healthcare side of things. Yeah, it's um, a different it's a different. So for those who don't know, yeah, hospitals have as many bathrooms as hotels. Oh, it's glorious. <laughs> so there's a glorious. lot of walls, a lot of. I mean, you you cover it. I mean, you, yeah. you, you would probably know it better than I yeah. would. No, the the bathroom thing is funny because when I, you know, anybody who's ever worked in the trades and mm-hmm. shared a porta john with three hundred other men knows. Oh, oh, knows the oh, glory I never thought of a clean about bathroom. That. Yeah, no, my my introductory tour of the job was like, 
oh, and there's a bathroom over here, and there's a great bathroom on the first floor where nobody <laughs> ever goes. He's like, you wouldn't believe it. They're always, they're so clean, and there's running water. And you know what? I was, I was So thrilled. no matter what building you're working on the hill, you have all Yeah, there's, a, there's all, all these clean bathrooms. Out. Like it's not. I'm not either, like sharing it with three other men or going into like the bright pink one with the special like padlock. Um, yeah. Was, so you come up to work in the healthcare construction mm-hmm. side of the house. This is a pretty good sized company. Yeah. Um, well known, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're, but you're dealing with metal mostly. Yeah, there's a lot of metal. I think we're going to get some self-performance work coming, which I'm excited about. What it, what does that mean? Um, so for the general contractor, a lot of what they're doing is contracting out to subs. And so mm-hmm. the contractors that we have are really kind of more site services. Okay. Um, so we jump in and fill in where there's stuff that's needed, like, oh, we need this concrete chipped up or this curb poured or we've got this stuff that needs to be finished or someone slacked on this and we need to go fix it up right okay and you do all that kind of work so you you don't it's not just that you're obviously not working with wood but you don't Mm -hmm. just work with wood you Mm -hmm. don't just put metal studs up right what things do what what does a carpenter do you lay carpet Um, it's in the name. I I have had somebody be very confused about that. There's a horse. You lay floors. And I'm like, oh, oh, buddy. It's no, no. a different job. No. I'm afraid. So, oh, you chose that's poorly. That's nice. That's, <laughs> that's kind of cute. But uh, <laughs> uh, so, no. so what else do you do? So now that I'm working for the GC, and that's one of the reasons it's a really difficult switch. So before, okay. I was doing mostly very large scale industrial projects. I did, you know, the PDX and the Ritz and a lot of colleges and schools like that. And it is how well can you do this job? Mm -hmm. How quickly can you do it? Um, And I love that. Like the production is great. Getting it nailed down, seeing how can I get this down? And so I'm installing this in seven minutes instead okay. of like 11 minutes. So you do the what the electricians, because production electricians do the same thing. If yeah. they're going to start to work in a house or they're going to be on that project for the whole time because mm-hmm. electricians get on a site and hardly ever leave. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to do all the, you know, we're going to pull all our service loops today and blah, 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 they pull all the wire, or they bend all the conduit, or they, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're trying to bit better their time. Yeah, and get better at it, and better you know you do it once instead of twice, and you're doing the same thing as a carpenter. Absolutely, okay. um, and that's fun, and you get the mm-hmm. all these perfect little tools. Like, do I have the exact right tool to do this right job, and is it laid out right? And how do I get faster and faster and faster? Nice. And it gets those like, you know, all the crazies in your brain mm-hmm. all get pin focused on this one little task, and then you just try to fly. Yep. Um, and, are, and are you are you if you're, are you competing against yourself as far as how well you did like the the month before, or the day before, or are you competing against other both, other, both? Yeah. Like any competing against other electricians to say, oh I, yeah, so, or other carpenters in mm-hmm. your case, and go, oh well, you know, you, I did this in thirty minutes, and it's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because you're anytime there's a new person on site, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh no, they that was really clever. They did that really well. You're, <laughs> You start like scheming and like, okay, how do I up this? How do I get better? How do I get faster? Nice. And like, I need to do this, that. Um, so, you know, a little bit of healthy competition. Yeah. 
um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, not at all. And you know, when I was when I was an apprentice, I was great because my bosses would pit me up against another apprentice. They'd mm-hmm. be like, "Oh well, I don't know if you hear, but uh, Doug installed thirty eight doors today," and I was like, "Bastard." <laughs> You know, and then they'd be saying, you know, over there, and then he'd be like, oh, Doug, well, Isabel and I, like, we, you know, we does brackets. We got, like, three floors done. And Doug was like, that's perfect. So it was a little bit of friendly, friendly competition between apprentices. It works out. Um, Yeah, so I went from, like, that, the production Mm -hmm. side, and also working for a subcontractor where, like, I am not a scoff law, but okay. there's some rules that you think are dumb. Mm-hmm. And when you're a subcontractor, you're like, I'm going to see how long I can get away with not following the dumb rules until okay. someone comes by and makes me. And, you know, when the word comes out on a big job, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, safety guy's coming by. Like, you know, a safety guy is on the second floor. He's coming up. You should probably do this, that, and the other. And they go, oh, 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 yep. And yeah. You know, change, you, change you, get all the, your you get the best on, you yeah. put away, which I'm not supposed to exactly. be using, and you like, you know, they walk by and you're like, oh, hi. And compliant. They, compliant. I'm compliant. super compliant and stuff. Right, and yeah. they got their little iPad and they're like, mm-hmm. yep, mm-hmm. yep, 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 check. And as soon as they're gone, you're like, okay, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Thank God. Um, but now I'm freaking for the general. Yeah. Now you are setting the safety standards. I am setting the safety standards. Um, and... As much as I was once dubbed the PPE princess, like, oof, yeah, there's some, you know, like, there's a rule we're not supposed to use knives unless we oh, have, yeah. like, unless it's, like, signed off by a supervisor. Um, and we're on a podcast, so I'm not going to say that I use knives mm-hmm. whenever because I'm a construction worker and knives get the job done. Um <laughs> But that might be a very difficult rule to be compliant with. I got um, it. Yeah. yeah, so there's a, and the other thing is going from super fast pace to we are in a hospital. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do this small remodel and you're going to do all of this paperwork and you're going to keep it very oh. clean. Right. And you're going to be very precise. And there's going to be times when you cannot go, 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 go. You've got to be quiet. We were working under a research facility. And they're like, well, you can only work from or make noises from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Because yep. that's when it's least disruptive for the mice. Exactly. That's, and, and, that, and that is a huge deal. That right. is a huge deal. Hey, Mike here. I just want to do a quick shout out to all of our listeners. Now, listen, it's been a wonderful couple of months getting the show moving, and we have seen a ton of growth, right? You guys are doing your part. People are downloading. You're telling people that's super important to get this podcast on the map, okay? We've got good lineup of folks coming in the studio, and the biggest thing that I want you to know is that I want to hear from you. You, you, the person listening to this, all right? You want to be a part of this show? You want to talk about tips and tricks? You want to talk about things that you've learned in the trade? You want to talk about how this has changed your life? You want to talk about stuff like that? Send me an email, okay? It's halfwattpod at gmail.com. And I'm interested in hearing about people who are in the union and people who are not in the union and people who are technicians and people who do alarm work, people who do 
camera access work, stuff like that. It doesn't just have to be fire alarm monkeys. It could be anybody. All right. So let's talk about this so that people can realize that this is a career that will change their life. I'm sorry. You want me to do concrete work uh-huh. and get it done and not only make between noise. six hours a week? Yeah. And the other time I'm like, okay, what shit are these scientists doing that they know oh, what's least disruptive to the no, mice? Are no, you like no. communicating? Is there some weird like brain transfer going There's on? There's a lot. Like, mm. So some of those, so my wife worked in that in DCM for a while. And mm-hmm. it, she, she uh, I didn't, we didn't know how it was going to work out. And she wound up n- not being able to do it for uh, health reasons. It just became, yeah. when you do a lot of repetition work and you're, and you're, you having issues like that. No, it just absolutely. Becomes, it becomes more painful than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she enlightened me on a lot of the rules with that. And I've had the barrier training where you go in and, and have to work around specific mice. Some of those mice cost into thousands of dollars. I know. And they are genetically designed so that they can do some sort of test with them or whatever research. Mm-hmm. And you clap your hands loud and they die. So you're like, oh, my God. So the so there's all these special precautions about because if a, if a researcher has all this research into this animal. Yeah. And their PhD is hanging on that or their or their research is hanging on that. And then, you know, unbeknownst to them. Right. The concrete pores do something and wind mm-hmm. up affecting the the can it's a huge thing yeah we're it's down there we thing. get the concrete yeah. pour done we're all clapping like Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. mice just dropping dead everywhere i'm telling you we yeah. we uh in the fire alarm world i cannot set off signals you know horns and strobes and and or speakers whatever it is yeah and when i worked at osu on their system mm-hmm. there they flat out told us well you could do this on this time and we want you to not do them in the basement and when you do do them in the basement we want you to bump them like just just make sure everything's ready to go, tap them, yeah. make sure they work, and that's it to eliminate so that we're not killing any of their animals. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, you know, you're the client. I'll do whatever you want. It doesn't matter to me. You want me to be here on Saturday at 3 to do it? That's what I'll do. Yeah. But that, so with you and doing this kind of job, mm-hmm. here you're you're going from, you know, and I've seen the PDX world, like, because I worked there for, right. for for performance. That's a big gig. And you're right. They also move kind of slow, too, because everything's got to be perfectly and inspected right. Mm-hmm. So now you get to a hospital, and my guess is it moves at a sale, uh, like a snail's pace it as is, compared. Right. It is much slower. And for a carpenter, I would say there's no glory in it. Hmm. Um. You know, if you're building something like PDX or you're doing these big hotels, you're making these things that are changing how the city looks, like you get done with the day and you're like, I built this stuff. I can go through the city and be like, I built that. I built that. Like, that was all me. That's totes me. Yeah, that's totes me. Um, (laughs) Like, oh, my God. I'm awesome. Oh, my God. I built that. Exactly. And you can tell other people in the trades, oh, no, I worked on that project. I did that project. I did this, that. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that was such a crazy one. And you come here and you're doing these tiny little projects. And you're, you know, I'm keeping containments clean. I'm Mm -hmm. putting up containment panels. I'm keeping negative air. Yeah. So in a hospital, Mm -hmm. and if if you get the dust out of the construction site, 
on the dust is a is a fungus called aspergillus. Mm-hmm. If a patient who is immune compromised breathes in aspergillus, it grows in their lungs. Yeah, and can get in their body. And I know this from personal uh, reasons because my youngest kid died of it. Oh I mean, gosh. she had cancer. She yeah. had she had leukemia. We did all the bone marrow stuff, all that crap. But what caught her was aspergillus in in a hospital in one of the buildings up there. And, and, and they did nothing wrong. We had had a bout of it before yeah. at another hospital. So they give you what they call amphotericin or amphoterable to kill the aspergillus, but your body's immune system can't do anything with it because right. you don't have an immune system. So you're, as your immune system comes back, then the it you know, if you win the battle, mm-hmm. you win the whole thing. So like in Kohler and the bone marrow transplant, that's where the, that's where when this people's immune systems, they go through TBI, they get a completely wiped immune system. They're right. so vulnerable. And it's not just aspergillus. It could be, it could be a cold. It could be a rhinosinus virus or whatever, mm-hmm. or COVID. So, but the dust and the dust control is huge. Yeah. And so now you're putting up barriers. So tell the folks what a barrier is. Yeah. No, I mean, it's there's different types. We do plastic ones, but generally they're these big panels. We go up, we put them up, we get it all sealed, no mm-hmm. air coming in or out. And you get, um, you have special monitors that are checking if you have negative air pressure. And we vent usually outside the building. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to create a vacuum. So we're sucking all of the air from the hospital into the job site. And none of that air is getting out. Perfect. So that's the goal. Um, and you get sticky mats. Oh, we I have. I love the sticky mats. Sticky mats. We have anti rooms where people are vacuuming themselves off. And, um, you know, so a lot of people don't want to do the healthcare work. I think it works really, really well if you can find purpose in something other than building. Okay. So. If I, I still love to build and I mm-hmm. still build things and I have a wood shop and, you know, well, you like have your own personal wood I shop. got my own personal mm-hmm. wood shop and I still get to do that stuff. Um, and I go out to different jobs and I notice get you still have done. all your fingers. So I do. Yeah, that is that is my off. goal is to get through <laughs> construction with all, of, with the all of the digits. I don't want five finger to be my nickname. Um, so we're working on that one. So far, so good. Um, uh yeah, but but, you, but so the you said that the construction that's a part of it, but what else? It's part of it, but you know, if you can find, because everyone wants to find meaning in the work. A lot of the guys okay. find meaning in like I've done this, I've accomplished this, I've built this today, and I think if you're going to do a hospital, you need to have be able to find some meaning in like I kept this containment pristine. Mm-hmm. I helped this patient who was. Lost, lost on the grounds which which i which because i went and saw you one day mm-hmm. i ran into you i was up like i was working on a fire alarm problem yeah and we talked and then i went up there the next day to go to employee occupational health or something to get a shot and ran into you again and you were guiding a patient mm-hmm. this is where i saw you. i went oh and there she is again yeah serendipitous so uh you were actually helping Doing OHSU's work, essentially. Yeah. Guiding. Uh, yeah. I, you help people who are lost. And I, I think today I was 
somebody's motorcycle something happened with it so i was helping them push it up that were you really st- yeah, push it up that part. well because he's kind of like i think she was like a pregnant wife and she was trying to help push him and we just we were grabbing coffee and i was like do you do you need a hand with that sort of and assistance? she was like yes and so, you know i got up there and we <laughs> pushed the motorcycle up the hill but um you know i think you need to find some because nobody's ever going to be like, oh, thank you so much for mm-hmm. keeping the containment clean. Thank you for mopping the floor so we don't have footprints or making sure everybody's wearing booties when they right. walk out. Like, that's, you know, that's expected. But you need to be able to find something like, I know that I did this to keep people safe and healthy yeah. and, you know helped people get to their appointment on time or whatever it is. Um, So if you can, I think if you can find some sense of accomplishment in that, Mm -hmm. healthcare can be a great place. And if you can't, like, then you can't. It's not a bad thing. There's so many job sites where they just need somebody who's like, I just want to get down there and I want to get as many framing, like (laughs) linear feet of frames up as possible humanly possible you know I'm like yeah get it or I don't like concrete but people were like I just want to be out there pouring concrete I want to dig those ditches and build those forms I want to be out there and whatever you do I'm like getting full floor poured at once get on mm-hmm. a floor up every week like that's awesome so like the, the folks building the new building or yeah that that kind of might be there more because it seems like those guys are pretty gung-ho Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, the ones who last are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good That's a good, good way. So in your world, the what you do with mitigation and, I mean, it's not all mitigation, but that's a no. part of what you're doing. Yeah. And and the and it does move at a snail's pace. Mm-hmm. And you have to move at the, and, and there's a, and which kids, this is why hospitals are expensive <laughs> to right. run, expensive to maintain. Uh, I'm going to give a little bit of background. They yes. used to do these small. Go ahead. They used to do these small little remodels <clears throat> where they would leave, you know, old stuff in place, and then we would have problems with it. And I was up there when Hoffman or Anderson or or both started gutting entire floors. Mm-hmm. This was back when I worked there the first time, and they would just first time I saw it, it was it was astounding. Like you just walked up, and the entire floor was gutted. Everything yeah. was gone. Piping, wires. It was just cement then they were doing all of the earthquake bracing on the end of the of like what is it a wing Mm -hmm. the one wall up there and then this is in south hospital and then they would move across and they add all this cement and i just kind of watched it because i was just sort of kind of looking at it like it wasn't my gig i just was kind of it's cool yeah you'd go in and see the there was a, a superintendent that i really was really fond of he was a lot of fun so we would, I would watch this thing go together and then you get done with this whole project and it's beautiful. And so you walk out in the hall and it's 1956 and you go into the suite and it's 1990 and it's just, it's just entirely, it's like, what the, what? Mm-hmm. You know, and of course on the hill, the next building was built in 14 and then the one at, you know, 1914. It's a wild campus. Yeah, it's wild. You get such a variety of so yeah. I could see if you're working, you're working, at, when I met you, you're in Multnomah Pavilion, mm-hmm. which is an old, but it's one of the original buildings. Mm-hmm. So 
what is it like to strip that thing down and look at the it guts of what so is going on? Freaking cool. Is that, it? That's one of the cool things about working in a hospital. Like, yeah, it's slow and it can get sure. You know, a little bit like grading where you're like, I just want to put my hands on the tools and build some stuff. But then you go in these places and you're like, there's glass pipes running through these buildings and mm-hmm. there's like vats of acid and there's, you know, all this, you know, there's like restraints in the floors from mm-hmm. when it was, when it was you know, a psychiatric ward. hospital yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, you're holding the door for the body boys as they go into the it is research. Weird. You know, and you're like, this is, I, I think one of the coolest parts of being in construction um, is getting to go in all these weird places and these mm-hmm. these facilities, these buildings, these campuses, whatever they are, you know, power plants and mills oh. and even commercial buildings. Like you might only ever see 60 percent of it. There's this whole other world that's happening and you get to go and it's cool. Yeah. Like it is really cool. Yep, the Pyrex pipes. They told me about that when I first worked there. Mm-hmm. I said, there's a glass pipes? Because, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like Pyrex. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Because acids. We have a lot of acids. And it, it'll acids. just eat right through the pipe. So right. we won't eat through Pyrex. And I and sure enough, I was like, like yeah. And you could see the fluid going through it. You're like, huh. Well, that's yeah. wild. You, you don't ever, no one's ever, I've never seen Pyrex pipes before in my life. No, I worked I in a research facility. Desperately want to like build myself a house and just have like exposed, <laughs> have exposed glass pipes, pipes running everywhere. <laughs> Although I will say, you do with the glass. You do get to see how like nasty those yeah. things actually get, and you're like, oh. Especially the pea traps. You're like, ooh, right? That's that's like not that's, fun. Um, uh, yeah, a little bit of plausible deniability is nice. <laughs> um, so it's it's cool, and I like. You know, working around the scientists and mm-hmm. kind of seeing what's happening. And so you work, you've in. worked all over. You worked all over the campus. Though. Yeah, it's not just like the healthcare side. You've worked research and yeah, the research and kind of the office clinics. And I've been mm-hmm. out. Um, I've been helping out with a project where they're doing like a linear accelerator. Um, oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. In C in CRR. Um, no, over it's in Beaverton, I think. Okay. Um, so it's you know still OHSU, but like mm-hmm. an, a different campus, and it's. I, if you're someone who loves to learn, mm-hmm. that's a great place to be. It'll send you down so many rabbit holes. Oh my gosh, when I had yeah. to do MRI training, I was like, yeah. what the fuck are these two? Like, who's, who's coming up with this shit? Like, you know, they're like, oh, here's all the ways you can die. And here's the story yeah. of this like, guy who got like flung in and yeah. crumbled up and crushed. So don't do the, that. you see the picture of the bed up against yeah. the, the whole bed? It's a whole hospital bed yeah. up against the dome. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and we have this emergency release. And they show this big button. But if you yeah. push this, all this like gas is vent to the ceiling. And if you're near those vents, then like you'll, you know, in burn your lungs and healing the stuff. I, well, yeah, they, when they quench it. So, so for the listeners, if you have an MRI... And these are 1.5 Tesla MRIs. These are not, these are like diagnostic MRIs you would go through if you were a patient. If you have the unmitigated gall to carry a tank of oxygen in there, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll fly into the machine. And the, sometimes the only way they can get it is to quench it. So they have to right. actually stop the liquid helium from yeah. cooling the magnet. And that's and one then thing it just I didn't know is that yeah. those things are always on 24 7. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so cool. And then you see, because I would never think like, oh, the hospital bought this new piece of equipment. Cool. Like they spent however much, ah, spent like $3 million on this equipment. You're like, great. And it's like, no, 
they've got to rebuild this place mm-hmm. just to get that, that piece of machinery in there. Yeah. And, you know, we got like foot thick concrete walls or these yeah. special pads and divots. And there's so much that goes into it. It's. Well, and the it's cancer, the cancer yeah. section in 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 Kohler. I've done a lot of work on on the machines because we have a lot of fire stuff in there. Oh, I'm sure. And I one time I had we had two of these machines that were kept going in and out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I have a background in radio stuff, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, okay, I'll I'll see if I can't build a Faraday cage for this one of these machines because that's what you oh, would do. Yes. You would put a, f- a cage around it, and it would. Oh, so cool. But I don't know anything about this machine, so I start to ask the physiologist who comes over, and he mm-hmm. goes, he goes, a Faraday cage. He goes, I don't, I don't think that's going to work in this application. I'm like, well, I'm kind of limited on what I can do. So he goes, well, <clears throat> why don't you, um, well, you should probably call the technician. So I get a hold of Varian, and I get a hold of the technician who calls me, and he's a former Navy guy. So I said, hey, I'm in the Navy too. And he goes, oh, I was an ET. I said, I'm an EW. Okay. And so we, he goes, I said, so this is my problem. He goes, oh, what room? I told him, he goes, Faraday cage. He goes, he goes, man, we're making neutrons in there. You got to be kidding me. He goes, there's no Faraday cage. He goes, he says, if you're not boresighted with that machine when it's on, mm-hmm. because that's why the operators are boresighted with the machine. So if you look at the machine, the operators that are outside the 16-inch thick walls yeah. are they're in the area of least radiation. Yeah. He goes, everything else in there is getting neutrons. And then I talked to the electricians, the guys from Dyna, and they're going, oh... Oh yeah, none of the conduits are straight. All the conduits have to be bent a certain way so that, and they're all in metal or you know, like an MRI, it's all in that, you know, enclosed with that steel and copper. Mm-hmm. But in these rooms where they're doing, where they're, you know, doing cancer treatments, like when, by the time these guys got done teaching me, my jaw hit the floor. Yeah. And I said, okay, so there's really nothing I can do. He goes, yeah, you cannot put them there. He goes, why they're there? Why? Because if you go to the other machine, they're right, mm-hmm. they're boresided with the machine. Right. He goes, Oddly enough, all my electronics are boresided with the with the emitters. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this guy taught me so much in like 20 minutes. And I'm yeah. just like you, I'm just like sucking it all up going. Right. Then I'm going to tell all my buddies, you know what this thing does? It's neutrons, man. <laughs> right. like, when I learned about like saturation diving and that kind of construction, yeah. I was like, oh my God. Was, like everybody met. I was like, tell me more. Um, so saturation divers, uh-huh. I actually, I had a welding instructor when yeah. I was going through the apprenticeship who was a saturation diver. So when you're working really deep mm-hmm. in the ocean, so it's okay. part of the, you know, uh, part of the pile bucks, I think, but you got the divers, um, the the bridge builders, okay. pile oh, bucks, oh, yeah, divers really? are part of the pile bucks. Okay. Um, That's, I've never heard that term before. Yeah. Um, so the pile drivers, so you get divers and, you know, normally divers are, you know, dive down and you do your work. You can Um, be a diver and a carpenter? Yeah. I mean, I know you can be a diver. Yeah. No, so for the, for the, (laughs) there's a whole discipline of carpentry that just involves diving. The, the, the divers are in the carpenters union. I did not know that. Yeah. Neither did I. I. that was tempting. I was like, I want to. Damn state, I have no that's diving tempting. experience, but I was we'll like, teach you. yeah, I'd, I'd do that. <laughs> no kidding. Um, so the saturation divers, mm-hmm. instead of having all of that decompression time, if you've got to work really far down mm-hmm. under the water, a lot of it's pipeline stuff. On They'll have like on a ship or on like an oil rig or something, they'll have a pressurized capsule. Oh, so okay. you'll have your workers go on this little pressurized capsule 
get down. I think, is it down or up to pressure? Oh, one of the two. Down. It, it, the pressure goes up. Right. Yeah, I'm, so. a, I'm just a carpenter. No, yeah. um, so, <laughs> so they get down to pressure, mm-hmm. and it'll take like, it can take like seven days or whatever. Then they have a little bell, a dive bell that'll connect. Oh, so they stay Take there. them out, and it'll bring them down to the water, Got and they'll it. work, and they'll come back up. And the instructor I had, I think he's the longest he stayed at pressure was something like 47 days. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. But it's crazy because you're living on the ship in this yeah. tiny capsule. Yeah. And and the air is like trimix, whatever. So there's a lot of helium in there. So oh, the whole so time you're trying to human voice. <laughs> um, yeah. It, there's just. I never would have known that. I, I knew that from the military yeah. because the SEALs do that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm a kind of nut to read all that. So I understand now. I understand what you're talking about. I had no idea that the civilians were doing that. that, yeah, that but absolutely. that totally makes sense because you don't have to go through decompression. You just drop down, do your work, come back up, stay right. at the same pressure. And you so they're living for 47 days. Yeah. Whatever, for different at, lengths of time. But yeah. At the bottom of the ocean pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you make a ton of money. You make a ton which of money. Totes helpful. Right. Yeah. Um, fascinating work um hmm. but no it's so same like you just you start you learn about these weird little things and you go yeah. down that rabbit hole and then all of a sudden i'm telling everybody like have you heard of saturation divers like, have you heard of free diving have you ever seen the there's mm. a show on netflix do you, do you watch television i do on occasion yes you don't seem like the kind that sits in front of the i am not i'm not a complete luddite um <laughs> so there's this show on free diving. I think it was mm-hmm. on Netflix. It could be on Hulu or something. Where these folks from the surface will dive down incredibly deep depths. Yes. And then come back up again. And you don't have to go through decompressions mm-hmm. because you're, there's a there's a reason. And then there's they're talking about it. Because like science. Yeah. Well, yeah. their lungs get compressed down to the size of like a baseball or something. And there's a whole thing to it. And mm-hmm. so you can drop down after a certain amount of of time and pressure, you get pushed down. So mm-hmm. going down is not hard, it's the coming up. So you go down to the depths that you can handle it and then you turn around and swim up. And it's a monofin. I mean, they're not like mm-hmm. kicking both legs. And then they work their way all the way back up to the top. And then yeah. the idea is that you set these records. And this is an extreme sport. Yeah. And with, there's a show about a, a woman diver who set the record with it. Mm-hmm. And then another woman comes up behind her and she beats her. And eventually there's a special thing. I'm not going to give it away, but blew me away. Absolutely. Yeah. It was like, it's just like I'll run into a, alone. I'll watch the series alone and I'll watch every damn episode going, mm-hmm. that is incredible. Like, I can't do that. I do not have the backbone it takes to right. free dive, whatever, 300 meters down. You got to be out of your mind. But I'm super glad that you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So saturation diving, you found out. What other cool stuff does guy? I'm probably getting towards the end of our hour, but what's the other thing that carpenters do that I don't know about? Oh, um, there are carpenter bees. Is that something? Carpenter bees. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's just. It's, I didn't, I didn't it's think a you guys built. I, mean, I didn't. I thought bridge building was just like another trade. I didn't think that it was. No, I mean it might be in some places. It's a hmm. it's a specialty, and I think a lot of the. Um, you know, so much of construction is just changed and it's just old habits that, you know, you stick with whatever, you know, whatever group, yeah. you know, and you know, same with steel stud framing, right? Mm-hmm. And this stuff is like, well, well framers were doing wood and now it's doing. Now it's something new now and, it's all, and it's all 
powder actuated tools and or pneumatics and so in your opinion in in your young lady so mm-hmm. in your opinion you've gone into this skill this mm-hmm. trade you make decent money yep um you're not carrying any huge debts from school no and, debts and at all. i'm not an anti-college person so please don't think that i am but you chose this path yeah. you don't have any debt you've got your wood shop mm-hmm. you've had tragedy you've tried different gigs and come through it all and now you're looking forward at your career yeah so for women your age would you say that this was a hell of a good choice or did you choose poorly no absolutely i think it is an amazing choice and i can't say it's for everybody right No, i agree with that if you know i've said a few things if any of the stuff that i you know mentioned previously like you heard that you're like oh my gosh i could never like that would make me just wither up like i'd be Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable like um you know like if you think you're the type of person who would be just comfortable like yes yes i mean i'm sorry i'm trying to think about um how to phrase this um it was such a good choice for me perfect that, I, that's there were yeah. you were so enthusiastic enthusiasms yeah. when i met you you mm-hmm. were so enthusiastic about what you were doing yeah this is why you're here mm-hmm. this is why i wanted to talk to you I stumble into you. I don't know you from Adam's house cat, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm over, you know, doing my own thing. Hey, you get it fixed. I think it's. People, oh, I right? think I was what like, oh, what are you, what you doing? Yeah, you tell me about Sword that. Sword detectors having an issue, and I got to hit it with a bat. And you're like, what's going on? And I'm like, uh, well, this, that, the next thing, and you immediately engage me and ask me what is happening. Not, not, what are you doing in my space? <laughs> what's going on? How does this work? I'm like, wow, okay. We start to talk. You're very open. You, you, we communicate for about an hour. I get back to my desk. My head is spinning. I'm like, this is exactly this. Is, even though this is non electrical, even though it's electrical half watt, even says it mm-hmm. on my shirt. Even though it's electrical podcast, I have to have you come and talk because you did exactly this in a different trade and are having results. Yeah. And and it is really important to me. It's like a mission of mine to say, look. If you're if you're a, a, a minority or a woman, mm-hmm. do look at these trades and please get involved with them. You, there's 97% of your trade are not you. Right. 97%. I would think that because you get bids for certain jobs, mm-hmm. having minorities and women on board, that you might. But not only are you good at your job. Right. Mm-hmm. You also help the company you work for because they say, "Look, on our payroll, we have we have added a diverse workforce." Yep. No, and it, it becomes you know, there's yeah, it's a double edged sword. It, it can be. I, I remember it. like walking out of jobs and you know, not in a mean way, but someone would be like, "Oh, they uh, they need more lady hours." And you're like, "No, I'm good at my job." But um, but the only um, way you're trail you're trailblazer. Yeah, and that is it, it's when I when I, I mean, was in the military. When I was in the military. There were no women on combat ships. Mm-hmm. Not they, they they did not serve in combat roles. Okay, first time I saw a woman on a combat ship, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, whoa, that's different. And she wasn't there to, to 
best ship's company. She was on the on a, on like a special assignment. And I thought, why? Like, what the hell? Like, wh- we're we're not doing anything here any different than anywhere else. I mean, yeah. we're all going to get hit with a missile and die. It's the way the this way the game's played. So, mm-hmm. you know, now they're completely integrated. They're you know, they're women all over the place. So yeah. there had to be trailblazers who did that. And you're a trailblazer in this field. But I don't really think of myself as a trailblazer. I think of the women who were, got in like you're absolutely a trailblazer. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, and I'm just I'm just along for the ride. And honestly, they so, may have been the Lewis and Clark. Right. But you're the you're the Oregon Trail. OK, you're the you're how many women do you work with? Um, I have seen I have seen two. Well, the the tin snips got got a few. There. <laughs> uh, no, the tin I, bender got one. Hey, no. And then I saw a couple of electrician ladies. They're kind Electri- of fun. Electricians, the electrical trades got a lot yeah. of women in it. A lot of women in it. Yeah. And I get that. Um. But how? But honest to God, how many carpenters? How many women carpenters do you work with? Well, I think currently in my company we've got three. There you go. Um, they're, I, yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> well, but like, it just, you know, you, I will say this most days I forget I'm the only woman on site. I bet. And I think part of that is just force of real, I'm going to befriend the people on this jobs. Like, gosh, darn it. They're going to like me. Yeah. And, you're, um, and and I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess that they don't patronize you. They don't. This is a pretty good company you're working for. Yeah, so they, no, they don't, they don't, no. they, they got their act together as far as I can tell from the outside. Yeah. Looking and I think um, one thing that really helps is just giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they good. say something, you know, like, oh, that was, I, I maybe that was patronizing. And like, I'm always just like, nope, that's no. just what it was. Same just, with like, just you, know, your the first, and move on. you know, that first day when she's like, ah, don't dress like a hussy. I'm like, I'm sure that came from a place of her really wanting me to succeed. You know, like, she like, she just, she wanted me to succeed. Yeah. And that was how she knew to express it. So like, let's go. Thank you. Thanks for we've the heads all, up. Like, we've all, <laughs> I'm 59. I've, I've been a sexist and an asshat. I've made all the mistakes mm-hmm. a guy can make. So I've, I've been there. I get it. But the key is, is that at some point you learn, you yeah. learn not to be, a clown. And so when I go through, like when I'm teaching, I, I see the same mix. I see a 97 to 3%, maybe a, maybe a 95 to five. Now I've seen more women come through the, the apprenticeship than I've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them I'll, when I get to know them, if I do, I'll say, look, it's really critical for me to see you succeed at this. Mm -hmm. And I've got, I've got a young woman that I, um, I knew she worked for a couple different companies and she worked for me for a while. And uh, we still stay in touch. She'll call me when there's a technical issue because I always make myself available for my students. Yeah. For technical issues, even if they're working two or three or four or 10 years down the road, That's I don't give a awesome. damn. And um, she, when I had her working for me, we had a special project where we, we needed some old skills that she had because mm-hmm. she had done fire suppression. And we sent her down to do fire suppression with this guy who'd come up from like another state. And he called me and said, that that technician you sent is unbelievably good at this. And I said, you know what? She's training to be an electrician. And he goes, what a crying shame. 
He says, I mean, I have worked with a lot of people in a lot of states. I've never seen anybody do what she did as fast and as good. She is absolutely unbelievably good at this. And I went, wow, I'll let her know. And he goes, you can do anything you want. I'm just telling you that you should take this product and you should have her work it. That must have felt awesome. I was like, dang. So I told her, I says, I, I says, Cassie, she, she's, I, can, I think, I don't know if I've had her on this or not. I can. I said, Cassie, they love you in this. She says, I hate doing surprises. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I want to be an electrician. And she's out doing it. Yeah. She's worked on, she, we sent her to EST3 school, mm-hmm. nailed it. Now she's working for a company doing Notifier, which is another big, huge concern. And she's just she's just knocking out of the park. And you can see it in her. And she's one of a dozen people I've seen. I know, I know, I need, I know by the time I croak, you will all be far enough in your careers that yeah. that you have, you have made this vacuum for women to come in behind you. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted you here. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm super happy. Well, so let me plug the trades real quick. Do it. Plug the trades. Okay. I make great money. Uh, Carpenter, you can just look it up online. I think I'm at like 43 something an hour. What? Plus another like 17 in, um, uh, not bonuses, but benefits, right? Healthcare. I have dental and vision and all that stuff so you have, and retirement you, you, i got you, a pension you're in a union so you've got a pension you've yes. got health care you, mm-hmm. you're making you're making 80 90 grand a year yep plus plus you get all the union benefits yeah and your medical is paid for yeah right and you got i'm retirement. on a 90 10 plan what does that mean uh so it means that they pay like 90 percent, and you only pay 10 percent no, up to works. like you twenty mean, three thousand a year do you mean that you pay 10 percent of whatever your medical bills are and that your employer pays the 90 uh you're gonna ask me math questions no Look, i mean i'm just saying that's what the 90 I'm 10 trying means to think. it's not the other way around like most people are paying yeah, yeah, no, the employer the employer pay like 90%. <laughs> I pay a little bit. Like, it's it's great. I think I have an out-of-pocket max of like three grand or something. Nice. I don't know. But like, it's um, the, the education. It was a four-year okay. apprenticeship. I finished in three. Um, but, you know, like you start off the bat making making a living wage, making mm-hmm. a lot more than a lot of people do. Um, your education is paid for. All we paid for was books um, when we went to class. Um, and it's, yeah, I'm not sitting at a desk all day. Yeah. I'm moving. I'm solving problems. Yep. I work with my hands. And there is such a cool feeling of, oh, I can build that. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Like, you know, it, it there have been been times where it was tougher but i'm so glad of that because you know i go through the world and like you know i can i can handle stuff like it's fine like i got this like stuff is gonna be shitty sometimes and that's fine and i feel like i'm a lot less anxious than i was before of oh things are what if something goes wrong i'm like i know something's gonna wrong and i know i can fix it you're not afraid of it right Um, so good good pay good health benefits retirement yeah all that stuff sense of accomplishment no debt, sense no of accomplishment debt. you're obviously you're obviously physically in good shape you're not Absolutely. broken you're not you don't have a broken back or anything like that <clears throat> all pretty positive stuff any yeah. negatives um i don't like waking up at 4 a.m 4 a.m sucks i'm there 4 a.m sucks um it's sometimes people are mean to you okay. uh 
That's that never happens I, anywhere no, but I on know, a construction right? site. Like, so no one's ever oh. made anybody else. <laughs> right. So I mean, it's not even like, um, it's, let me think. There, it can be hard. It can be dirty. It can be frustrating. Okay. Um, Parking sucks. Parking is it's awful. terrible. But that but that just happens to be this facility. Yeah, well, I mean. it's a city in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um but I, I think overall for me it's it's been such a wonderful I, I it has been very good for me. Um excellent. And I will say I've seen it in just you know, even if you don't make a career out of it, get mm-hmm. your hands on the tools. Like I had a friend, she was moving. She had just bought a house, and mm-hmm. they had to do some repairs around the the place they had been renting. And she asked me if I would come and change some base that her dog chewed up. Okay. Um, and if you ever need to do some work for somebody, she's a great person to do work for because I showed up and she had coffee and pastries waiting. Oh, the best. Um, right. But, I, you know, I brought my chop saw and I had my fancy nail gun and I was about to start. And she's like, well, is there anything you want me to help with? And I was like, you know, I handed her the nail gun. And I was like, I'm going to cut this stuff and you're going to nail it. And nice. she hadn't really done any anything with tools, right? So she you saw a, the opportunity to kind of. Yeah. Show her some stuff. So, you know, I did, yeah. and I it's it's a super. It was one of the is the battery powered Makita nice. na- finish nailer. Okay. Delightful, so much fun to use. Delightful. Um, no, honestly, like you just oh, like mm, kitty candy shop. You're like, love it, love it. So I showed her, and she's you know she goes from like not touching tools, and then she's nailing base, and she putties it. And I got a text a few days later. She's like, "Hey, what was that nail gun?" And I told her, "I was like, oh, it's the Makita, this, that, and the other." And mm-hmm. you know, it's like three hundred bucks plus the battery. It's pricey, so I, I didn't uh, think she'd go for it. Worth it though. And then like the next week, she texts me. She's like, "Hey." She's like, "I just uh, I replaced all of the base in our new house with the <laughs> nail gun I got." I was like, "What?" And then, like, the next month, she sent me a picture of a table. She's like, oh, here's the dining room table that I built. I'm like, dang. Are you serious? And then, like, she's showing, like, and today, even to, you know, she sends me all the stuff of this project, and she hadn't touched anything before. And it would, all it took was putting that nail gun in her hand. And all of a sudden, she's just figured it out. She can do it. That so, is the best way to end this because yeah. you're, you affected her, and now she's moving forward in, in a in a skills that she didn't have before you yeah. showed up and and it's not professional for her it's mm-hmm. just she went to college she has a good job but mm-hmm. you give some a little bit of I don't know just let people let people achieve something and they yeah. will run with it wow that should be the name of the podcast apparently <laughs> honest to god would you come back? Oh, absolutely. Even though you're going to get up at four. <laughs> oh, well. We should, probably, we should probably wind it down. I know. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. It was it was super special. I am so glad you let me chat your ear off about fire systems that uh, first day. You're, if you ever want to learn about fire stuff, so I, I can show you fire stuff until your head pops off. <laughs> but you've got a good gig. Excellent. Thank you for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Half Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. 
Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share us with a friend the best way to help us grow. The Half Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.